the VO Meter, measuring your voiceover progress. Whether you're a veteran voice actor, just starting out, or don't even know how to set a level, we're here to help you avoid the pitfalls along your voiceover path to success. The VO Meter is brought to you by Voice Actor Websites, Voice123, Studio Bricks, Global Voice Acting Academy, JMC Demos, and Sennheiser. The Video Meter is produced in part using Source Connect, made by source-elements.com. And now, your hosts, Paul Stefano and Sean Daly. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 103 of the Video Meter, measuring your voiceover progress. We've got an exciting show today. We're welcoming the, the reigning Unicorn Award recipient, Jeff Gelder from VO Atlanta. He's going to talk about one of the reasons he was selected the Unicorn Award winner, among other things, this fantastic holiday project he does and how you might be able to help. But before we get into that, it's time for our VO Meter Reference Levels. VoiceOver Extra brings you the VO Meter Reference Levels. Uh, seriously, guys, that's the best you could come up with? Hey, it's your show. All right, so Sean, what's been happening in your VO world? I understand you just got back from the Windy City. Uh, yes, I was at a convention or a sci-fi convention called WindyCon, which has apparently been going on since, uh, let's see, for almost 50 years. It was their 49th one. So sort of roundabout story, but like 12 years ago, I was, uh, before I even got my teaching degrees and went off to Japan, I was participating in these USA summer camps where we would have a bunch of college-age students go to Japan and work at these English-speaking language camps. So I met this woman there. um, Her name is Raina, and she knew I wanted to be a voice actor since before I really started pursuing it. So she happened to be like a talent manager for these like comic con events and similar conventions. And she's like, one of these days, Sean, I'm going to make, you're going to be a guest at one of the cons that I manage. And it's just fast forward 12 years and she was true to her word. So there we are. But um, cool. anyway, she asked me to be the, the MC and sort of the Toastmaster for the opening ceremonies. So said a nice speech I led a couple of panels on um, sort of what the voice acting industry is and on how to record for like podcasts and audiobooks and voiceover. So it was a lot of fun. That's awesome. I understand you got some Lou Malnati's pizza. I know they're not a sponsor. Because oh, yes, I did on your recommendation. Hey, if anyone that manages um, Lou's, let us know. We'd be happy to have you on as a sponsor. (laughs) Yes, please. Yeah. I'd be a proud sponsor of that. I'm not a huge fan of the whole, like, oh, it's not pizza argument. It's just, like, it's just a variation of pizza. If anything, it's, like, the lasagna of pizza. But <laughs> Yeah, to me, it is, it is more like a casserole because I am you know, thoroughly East Coast, born and bred. So it does seem more like a casserole, but I'm not complaining. I, I still love it. I, actually, I told you my story about being in Chicago one time. I, I sent Sean a text after he told me what to live on the and I said, no matter what your current... Uh, your brain currently thinks it's not a good idea to go there twice in one day after the bars. <laughs> oh, no. Well, not if you want a brick in your gut. <laughs> yeah, a brick or uh, more like some free-flowing uh, material. <laughs> oh, no. Fireia. <laughs> I went there for dinner the one time I was there. One time I was visiting uh, for a conference, too. Same thing, actually. And I went there for dinner. And then we went out, as you do, in Chicago. I went to a few bars, and I said, Hey! Let's go back to Lou Malnati's. That was good. This is like 2 in the morning. That was the spot. Yeah. Not a good idea. 
<laughs> but but luckily no no bathroom emergencies were involved over the course of this trip but but yeah it was great um and then it was it was almost like a bit of a working vacation i got to use the hotel gym and i got to matriculate on the convention floor and look at everyone's wares a lot of independent artists and like in writers and other creatives sharing their wares. And so that was really fun to be a part of. And I even got um, a few potential gigs out of it. So I was talking with some of the other guests. One of them is a comic writer uh, who does the occasional um, on-camera or even animated project. Another one is an RPG creator. So think gaming systems like Dungeons & Dragons or Call of Cthulhu, things like that. He makes his original... Uh, gaming systems for er, in sort of original narratives for people to play and they often use animated stories to er, promos for their games so I reached out to him too and he said he'd be happy to work with me so hopefully something comes of those and what can I say networking in person works guys <laughs> it still does yeah that's that's great congratulations well thank you very much but what about you what's going on in your VO world i got a couple of the normal things going on. I'm still producing lots of audiobooks for Twin Flame Studios. I just wrapped production on Sales Pitch uh, by April Dunford, best-selling author of Obviously Awesome, which was a previous book. And we also wrapped production on Unfinished Business by Amy C. Yip, and it's breaking down the great wall between adult child and immigrant parents. Really fascinating read. Uh, I found out, well, immediately, because... We talked to these people and set up their studios. That Amy was actually just about a half an hour away from me, and also where I spent Thanksgiving, just about a half an hour away from me in Maryland. So that was interesting because we had a lot in common. Um, my grandparents being immigrants and her parents being immigrants, so definitely identified with the book. So those are both wrapped and should be on virtual audio bookshelves fairly soon. And I just started work on Grab Life by the Dreams. I don't know much about the book yet, except that it's about sort of manifesting uh, your best life when you might feel stuck in a rut. So that'll be cool. And that's by Karen Freeland. Grab Life by the Dreams should be out in about two to three months. And then finally, I've just, like within the last 10 minutes, right before I emailed Sean, we were ready to get some recording today, I wrapped all the initial recording on Sweet Redemption, the story of the Maryland Terrapins and Hall of Fame coach Gary Williams winning the national championship, and I'll be going to the author's house, who also happens to live uh, in the same state, just about half an hour away. Uh, he's Crazy. In Be- he's in Bethesda, uh, and I'm going to go meet him to record the about the author and the foreword, because he wants to do that himself, and we'll, we'll get that done tomorrow, and the book should be out hopefully by the new year. If you're a basketball fan, uh, I think you'll enjoy it, especially if you ever watched Maryland Terrapins during those years. This was the 2002 championship, uh, sort of a magical run, and uh, I was really a big fan of them, so I had a lot of fun doing this book. And then a couple of other things. Congrats on all the work. Thank you. And then one other thing I want to mention, it's going to sound like a humble brag, I know, but um, I think it's important (laughs) to sometimes, like we talked about in previous episodes, track those milestones of of jobs that you've booked and how, how those correspond to the hard work you put in for all the training and listening to podcasts like this and all the coaching you do. So I booked my first ever five-figure gig, and it's Woo. a national commercial. Wow, did I just say commercial? And it's a national commercial for a well-known beverage brand, but in Mexico. So I think that still counts, right? <laughs> national commercial in a different <laughs> I <think> country. <laughs> 
I don't want to say what it is yet until it comes out, but um, it's a national commercial in Mexico. And the reason I bring up the money figure is because I think it's an important milestone. This is the first time this ever happened to me where I had a single job that was in the five-figure range. Not that um, that's the end-all or be-all, and when they happen, that's great, and who knows if it'll happen again, if ever. But it's that, it's that mile post that we talked about that I feel pretty, pretty good about that. I hit that at least once. Well, that's excellent. Hey, do, humble brag away. <laughs> and then finally, the live announcing was sort of winding down. I thought I was pretty much done because I only have one gig for which I'm the full-time announcer in the winter, and that's the University of Maryland wrestling team. But then suddenly a bunch of basketball games fell into my lap. So the George Washington University, which is based, as you might guess, in downtown Washington, D.C., called me in for a men's basketball game two weeks ago, so I did that. And it was the first time I'd done a men's basketball game in probably 15 years. I didn't tell them that, so hopefully they're not listening. But um, it went pretty well. I was able to fall back into it, remember what I was supposed to do. And then last night I did a women's basketball game at my alma mater, Towson University, just outside Baltimore. And they have called me back for two men's basketball games as well. So suddenly, where I had almost nothing, because the wrestling team is away until January 20th, I started to have the calendar fill in a little bit more, which I'm eternally grateful for. So thank you to George Washington and Towson University. Oh, and on the note of Towson University, some of our fans may have seen this if they follow us on social media, but they did a a feature on me in the alumni magazines, because it's my alma mater, about being a voice actor and how I uh, went from what I was doing before and how my degree at the school helped me to get to where I am today. And it was a nice little feature in the Towson Alumni Magazine. So check that out if you're so inclined. Very cool. Awesome. So, yeah, I've been pretty busy and not complaining at all. But uh, it's time to move on to any questionable gear purchases. Questionable gear purchase. Well, believe it or not, no questionable gear purchases this time, although I was extremely tempted with all of the Black Friday sales or the illusions of the sales, right? (laughs) I saw this great clip the other day of a friend that uh, he had. It was like a computer or a mic for like $800 on Wednesday, then $800 on Thursday, and then it was marked down to $800 from $1,000 on Friday. And it's like, buy now, buy now. But anyways. There were um, some great deals out there. Like the, uh, did there you see were. the, um, the NT1, uh, what's it called? Signature? NT1. The Signature Series. Yeah, yeah. with all the different so, colors. Mm-hmm. So they dropped that I to mean, $150, that was... and that mic is fantastic is... at $600. Oh, careful, don't tell. I mean, I will say, though, because it's just, in case you didn't know, they removed the USB component, so it doesn't have any of the additional, um, like, you can't hook it up, and you can't do the, uh, the 32-bit float. But, I mean, for people who want a literal starter mic it's 150 dollars. pair it with a hundred dollar interface and there you go <laughs> like, yeah i haven't heard that specific it, mic but i've heard enough reviews of it from some of our friends and colleagues that it sounds a lot like the original nt1 which is a great mic and i think normally it was 299 so at, at 150 yeah, at half yeah price, it kind of sat at that yeah it sat at that like 269 to 299 depending on what model and where you got it and all that stuff but honestly for 150 it's it's probably one of the best entry-level mics you can buy right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know we, uh, we've had some, some sponsors and, and other manufacturers send us things to review, but you, you can't beat that price for that mic. It's amazing. No. And, uh, and if you're interested, I think Tom Buck, who does, reviews a lot of audio and podcasting gear, had a really nice comparison of that, the other versions of the Rode NT1, and some similarly priced mics like the, uh, 
the Lewitt 240 Pro and the 440 Pure and things like that. Yeah, we had the 440 featured on here a couple of weeks ago or months ago at this point. That's a great mic as well. Mm -hmm. So other than that, some other great deals that I saw. I know Isotope uh, did their large, uh, their annual sale on on the sort of the restoration suite or the RX suite. And usually that thing goes for $400 new, but it um, they'll regularly drop it to 50% off. So about $200, which is incredible for that price. And then usually... Um, once you buy an Isotope product like that, you get a discount for owning like a, a previous version of the product if you ever decide to upgrade. Mm-hmm. So, not saying you need to, but I love the <laughs> I love Isotope so much. I tend to upgrade it every year or two. Yeah, I haven't upgraded since eight, but um, it still does me pretty well. I, I don't know that I need it right now, but yeah, I might be tempted by one of those one of those deals for sure. Mm-hmm. versions 9 and 10 it just gets extremely quick i mean if you're on 8 it's totally fine <laughs> but like mm-hmm. and especially now since the sale is probably over but um i mean it's a great program any other good deals you saw paul no other deals but i i did uh want to talk about a purchase and a a re uh recycling of a mic if that's the thing a reacquisition <laughs> sort of uh do you have anything else you want to talk about on the deal side first yeah, lastly, um, I was surprised. I was just doing my, my monthly um, grocery shopping at Costco, and they had, like, incredible deals on the new Macs that just came out. Like, some of you guys know oh, Mac really? had Costco? their scary— f- Yeah, Costco. Huh. Like, uh, really? No, they have a whole Mac section. Oh, I didn't know. Uh, and the computer's right up near the front. Um, I, I know because I spend way too much time there every time I go. But— <laughs> But yeah, they were having like I think it was uh, just a blanket two hundred dollars off like all of the new uh, MacBook Airs and the MacBook Pros, um, and I got to see the new Space Black MacBook Pro with the M3 Pro chip, and it's just it's, I don't want to spend that much money just for a black computer, but it's very pretty. <laughs> it doesn't attract mm-hmm. fingerprints, but yeah. So that was I mean, if you have a Costco membership and you're like at the end of your upgrade cycle, I'd highly recommend checking it out because just like Apple, they do trade-ins for your previous uh, computer as well. So you really? can save even more money that way. I do think my computer is starting to choke a little bit. It's it's old as old AF, as the young kids would say. Oh, sh- <laughs> it's, no, a, it's what, a 2012. What year are you on? Like it's a, a, it's, it's 2012? 2012. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty maxed out with, with, um, with uh, specs. It's got a 16 gigabytes of RAM and... Um, a terabyte SSD drive because I upgraded all the stuff on it. So, and there's a 2.5 Intel i5. So it's still it's not bad, but it will soon be obsolete because the operating system. The, the farthest I can go is Catalina, and I'm stuck there. So pretty soon I'll have to mm-hmm. make a decision. Well, happy to make some. <laughs> happy to help you spend your money. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so back to my uh, my thing that I purchased. So I did just today purchase a Tascam Mixcast 4 mixer because I found a great deal on it on Guitar Center. So, funny story, I ordered it, and they sent me an email saying they canceled the order. So, as you may know, you can order things from across the country at Guitar Center. You don't have to go locally. And they have a pretty good selection of used gear that you can get shipped from wherever they have a store, whether it be Seattle or Chicago. In this case, it was Fayetteville, North Carolina. So I called them and said, you know, what the hell happened? And they said, we can't find the power cord, so we, we canceled the whole order. And I was like, well, that doesn't make any sense. I still I still want the thing. I I have a million power supplies laying around here from stuff I bought over the years. And actually, I have three large Rubbermaid bins of cords and cables of all kinds, HDMI, oh, no. 
and um, Cat5 and Cat6, um, component cables, regular old 3.5 millimeter and 1.5 or 1.4 um, inch cables. So I'm, I know I probably have a supply here that works. So I said, well, give me a discount and send it to me anyway. And they said, okay. So I took 50 bu or 40 bucks off of it and they sent it to me anyway. Uh, so I'm looking forward to trying that out. It's a lot like the Rodecaster Pro where it's sort of targeted at podcasters. I'm hoping it'll finally allow me to replace the AGO 6 Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I just wanted something a little more shiny and new that's, uh, mm -hmm. that'll do the same thing. So we'll see how that works out when <laughs> it gets here. And then I can use the AGO 6 for a portable interface because right now I don't have a portable interface. Like tomorrow I mentioned going to record the author for the Sweet Redemption book. I need to take the interface we're currently using and put it in a bag and schlep it down to, to Bethesda with me. So oh, no. uh, I need something that I that if I happen to damage it while I'm out, I, I can, you know, replay. I still have the home set up working and, and running. So we'll see how that works out when it gets here. And then finally, I want to go back to talking about old mics. So as our listeners know, I very rarely keep any sort of mic around. And <laughs> as soon as I'm done trying it, I usually resell it or give it to somebody and regret it. That I have regretted it a number of times. Even right now, I... I'm going to record this author, and I can't decide which mic to take. I have a few laying around, but I wish I had probably three that I'd sold at some point, namely a Blue Yeti or um, an AT2100 or a Blue Snowball. I actually almost bought a Blue Snowball for the third time on Facebook Marketplace <laughs> today, but I decided to just take one of the mics I already have because it'll work. My main concern is just, like, cooties or more validly COVID at this point. So mm -hmm. I'll just put a couple of extra windscreens on there, like double bag it, as as I say sometimes, and it'll be okay. <laughs> Got to be sure. Or I may just <laughs> sacrifice this mic that I have. It's just, I'm just going to take the SM58 that I used for live announcing, and I might just get a new one because I want one with a switch. So it'll give me an excuse to buy more stuff, which is always nice. But anyway, buy back to the stuff. point. So <laughs> when I did some spring cleaning, or I guess it was fall cleaning, I took down everything in the booth, including all the foam, all the blankets, all the furniture out because I noticed there was like this layer of dust around the entire booth and I knew I needed to get that out of there. So I vacuumed everything, washed the blankets, made sure everything was clean and put it all back. And then as I did that, I thought, hmm, maybe I should change mics for no real reason other than uh, boredom. And uh, I put back in my Audio-Technica 875R, which I'm using right now for this show. And almost immediately I had, I booked that gig I talked about earlier for the, for the drink company. Although I wasn't quite sure, and you probably remember this. I sent Sean a, a message saying, i got a problem. I just switched my mics. I booked this huge commercial. I don't know which mic it is. <laughs> Can you please listen and help me? So you were kind enough to, to listen, and I think you, you said give me, you, you said it was A75, and I think you were right, but do you remember why? Uh, yeah, I mean, one, one just sounded overall a little bit more clear and natural. The other one kind of sounded unnaturally bassy. Yeah, so that was the, the neat King B, which I still have sitting here. And it is definitely darker, and it's kind of what I liked about it because it, it, it covers up a lot of imperfections, most notably mouth clicks and sibilance when you're doing audiobooks. But I think you're right that it was getting things kind of muddy. And then, of course, once I booked mm. that commercial, I was like, well, I can't go back now. i got to keep this thing in here. So word to the wise and the point of the story is that you should keep at least a few of the mics that you're using if you use more than one mic. And especially if you've booked a job with it, you've got to have that thing handy for when they call you back and, um, and want you to use that mic. Because if I had done my typical MO, I would have put a different mic in here that I was either borrowing or renting 
and I would have I would have probably gotten rid of it and shipped it out through eBay or uh, or Facebook Marketplace before I ever had a chance to use it on that job. So thankfully, this is what I've had for several years. Although it is, I think, the third time I've bought it. Um, I bought it was like my first initial so quote unquote good mic back in 2016. And I got rid of that one and bought another one and I got rid of that one. So this is the third time I bought this mic, but I've had it for about five years now. Well, yeah, definitely. So, and some of our compatriots even recommend taking notes, uh, specific settings, taking pictures of what equipment you had on what on specific days. Anything that any mnemonic device that works for you to help you remember or maintain consistency from job to job. That's a good idea. Yeah, I definitely didn't do that, and my ears, were, <laughs> my ears were betraying me. So I need, I need some help. So I thank you once again for reminding me. And I, I my did pleasure. Quite a, quite a I'm glad it turned out this. all right. The other added bonus is I hadn't really put it in the Studio Bricks be- before. So I've had this Studio Bricks for, what, three years now? And I never really tried this particular mic. I tried a four, the 415 I used to have, and it was way too boxy. There was too many standing waves from, from the shape of it. But probably because this one is shorter or maybe it doesn't have the, the same frequency response, it, it does do really well in the same space where I had all the other mics. And the added bonus is because it's not as sensitive or because of the directionality of it, the noise floor is much better than any of the large diaphragm condensers I've used in here. So hopefully that's helping as well, and I think it might be. That wraps up our questionable gear purchases. We'll be back with the interview portion with Jeff Gelder right after these messages. Walgreens, because it's flu season, and you live in a place with doorknobs and handrails and, you know, people. We tried booking a vacation rental on one of those other websites. They don't always tell you everything. The stars take it to the red carpet. We are back live from the red carpet. California leads the way for change in America, and so does Kamala Harris. Rated M for mature. Claire Redfield. And who exactly are you? So, yeah, what hashtag should I use to describe a grown man in a tuxedo wrestling a goat? And prior to 1933, many of them belonged to a variety of political parties that were now outlawed in Germany. This is the story of how Q got curly. Quinn was crazy about curls. Curly fries, curly straws, curly-haired dogs. Hey, Jay Michael here. Thanks for listening to the VO Meter Podcast. It's one of my favorites. If you're looking for a great demo like the ones you just heard, check out jmcdemos.com for more information. Studio Bricks designs and creates the highest-performing portable sound isolation booths. Their professionally perfected acoustics enhances your performance and takes your recording to their maximum quality from your home studio. Forget about managing noise conflicts with your neighbors and family. Pursue your passion for voiceover on your own time and on your own terms. How many times has this happened to you? You're listening to the radio when this commercial comes on, not unlike this one, and this guy starts talking, not unlike myself. Or maybe it's a woman that starts talking, not unlike myself, and you think to yourself, geez, I could do that. Well, mister, well, missy, you just got one step closer to realizing your dream as a voiceover artist because now there's Global Voice Acting Academy. All the tools and straight-from-the-hip, honest information you need to get on a fast track to doing this commercial yourself. Well, not this one exactly. Classes, private coaching, webinars, home studio setup, marketing and branding help, members-only benefits like workouts, rate and negotiation advice, practice scripts, and more. All without the kind of hype you're listening to right now. Go ahead, take our jobs from us. We dare you. Speak for yourself, buddy. I like what I do. And you will too when you're learning your craft at Global Voice Acting Academy. Find us at globalvoiceacademy.com. Because you like to have fun. 
Hi, everybody, and welcome to the interview portion of this episode of the VO Meter. Today, we're pleased to welcome Jeff Gelder. Now, Jeff is a big believer in the power and influence of the human voice. He has been working in the professional voiceover industry for over 20 years. He is a voice actor in the studio, an MC for live events, and professional member of World Voices. Jeff began his career in radio at Q106 in Albuquerque, Santa Fe, and moved to Southern California in 1987. His experience includes on-camera, live events, and lots of time behind the mic. He has worked with clients that include Sony, ESPN, Dell, Jenny Craig, Toyota, and AutoNation, and hosted his own radio show where he interviewed the likes of Olivia Newton-John, Ted Danson, Woody Harrelson, Rue McClanahan, Kirstie Alley, I'm sensing a theme here, maybe Cheers-related, <laughs> and many more. Among other achievements, Jeff is president and founder of Children's Holiday Magic Project, a successful nonprofit that began as a class project and benefits children who spend their holidays in the hospital. Annually, with the help of volunteers, Jeff distributes nearly 10,000 custom-made radio show-style recordings that contain songs and stories that bring smiles to the children's faces. Each care pack also includes a coloring and activity book and crayons, and Jeff has been an active member of GSDBA SDEBA since 2003 and continues to facilitate the Tuesday morning BNG. So please join us in welcoming Jeff Gelder. Wow, thank you so much. That was uh, that was a lot. I appreciate you uh, reading all that. <laughs> Our pleasure, yeah. Jeff. It's an impressive bio. Oh, so, thanks. Welcome. And how did you get started in this crazy <clears throat> VO business? Wow, let's see. Going way back, as you mentioned, I started in Albuquerque, Santa Fe in radio. And kind of a fun story, I was at audition, I was actually um, uh, volunteering at a public school station on an urban station, actually, and doing a show on Thursday nights. And on Saturday morning, I got a call from the local number one top 40 station at home that said, hey, we've, we've heard you a couple times. You sound pretty good. Um, somebody quit. We need somebody tonight. Can you start tonight? And I immediately said, this is you know, a really bad joke. Like, this is a dream <laughs> job. Is this one of my friends? Who put you up to this? Well, it turned out it was actually the program director from Q106. And uh, he had said if I could be up in Santa Fe, where the studios were by 11 o'clock at night, that, you know, he would hire me. So I'm like, wow. And here's this, I don't know, 21-year-old kid. So I went up to Santa Fe that night after my full-time job. And he walked me into this brand new, beautiful studio, showed me like, okay, here's the music. Here's the CDs. Here's the Rick D's Weekly Top 40. Here's the Casey Kasem Countdown. You play those in the morning after your shift. I've got to go to LA. I'll see you later. Have a good day. <laughs> And he left me in this gorgeous studio. And so that's how it all started. That turned out to be a, a good thing. He came back. Some people said I did okay. So he hired me on full time, which led to an evening evening radio show and then the usual radio antics. And then I moved to San Diego, um, got onto radio here in uh, AMFM Combo, did promotions and marketing for several years, as well as my radio show, Earthbeat. And then uh, got onto the number one station in San Diego, which was Kixie 96.5. And I was on there for about 15 years and did that plus voiceover at the same time for a while. Then just uh, shifted over and took that big jump to voiceover full time once you could really do it from the home studio and everything was good. And it uh, really excited me because when I moved here, I really was doing more auditioning for acting things. But uh, when I learned that I didn't have to go to L.A. or drive, voiceover was was the thing. Mm -hmm. That's how it all, yeah, started out. So it's a common story. A lot of people that move yeah. to voiceover start in radio, including me technically, <laughs> although I didn't really do it professionally other than board operating. I had training in radio in college, and that's when I transitioned. So what would you say was your biggest oh. challenge transitioning from radio to voiceover? I, it wasn't too challenging. I think it was more just that um, 
it was kind of challenging doing them both for a while because radio was changing so much. And for me, it just became less fun and more of a job. So I think it was just the taking the jump, of course, you know, and depending on yourself for all of the income and the work, but, um, I never looked back. It was no problem. And I still haven't, haven't been on the radio for gosh, what, 15, 13 years now. Amazing. So what would you say is your biggest challenge now? <laughs> Probably again, the, the balancing act of doing the charity, which has become kind of a full-time job. Also the voiceover work. And then now, you know, just, um, it's a different business after the pandemic. I think we all know it's, there's more competition. There's more people working from home. And also the work is coming from different places and not going through agents now. So it's become a little bit, um, I would say, I guess a little bit more work to do the balancing act because you're, you know, you know, we're also our marketing person. We're also our accounting person, business manager, all of that. So I think it's just keeping that, uh, all the hats in the air. Yeah, I would agree. That's my biggest challenge right now too. And I'm kind of blessed that things are coming in through through email or, or phone calls pretty regularly without me having to do much much reach out. Mm -hmm. But my biggest challenge is trying to That's figure out where they're coming from and how to keep that pipeline going. Because right. as you know, in sales, <laughs> once that pipeline drains completely, then you're back to square one. So it I is. think my biggest challenge is trying yeah. to figure out where all the stuff is coming from. Because sometimes I, I even forget where my demos sit and the, all the, the different production houses I work with. Yeah, and they're all over the place now, and that's it. And the key is you're, we're all looking for those repeat clients. And that's what I remember the joy of having 15 years ago was I had all the same clients. They just kept coming back, which was great. And things change so much now. Like you said, you don't know where they're coming from. And most of the repeat clients have gone off and changed or closed shop or who knows what. Yeah, it's the, the joys and the, the hell of being a small business owner. <laughs> <laughs> the joyous hell of uh, I like the honesty. Yeah. That is so true. Uh, what are your primary genres in VO, and how has that evolved or not evolved over the years? Um, I've dabbled in each one of them, for sure. Started more in the commercial realm, I think, because of more radio stuff and working with agents back 15 years ago. Um, a lot of narration. My voice lends itself to a lot of narration, tutorial type of things, uh, on-hold marketing messages, the phone system stuff, and uh, the networking world. Part of the reason I'm involved in the GSDVA, SDEVA, which is a, basically a chamber of commerce, is I get a lot of work in the business sector for phone system stuff. And um, I took two years. So wait, now you've done your bio, let me uh, see. I want to guess the acronym. Is that the Greater San Diego Business Association? It, it was formerly the Greater San Diego Business Association. Then it became the San Diego Equality Business Association. Ah, okay. <laughs> I was wondering what those were when I, when I did the All bio. Those, now I get it. Yeah, and B&G Business Networking Meeting. Ah, got it. Yeah, so. But it was just a, a good way to meet local people and try to get some local work as well and I've actually facilitated that BNG for 21 years now. It's pretty crazy. But um, I did that. And then I also spent two years doing audiobooks. And I ended up doing, who was it, 41 audiobooks wow. in two years, which was insanity. And <laughs> I'm like, so I had to take a break. I was just kind of burned out. But that was one of those joyous ones where the publisher just kept coming back. And these were all, you know, romance novels, which is great. Um, and I'd never really done a lot of audiobook stuff, so I was learning as I went and learning how it's it's a very different world than regular voiceover. And uh, I enjoyed it. I'm glad I did it. Probably go back to it doing some, but um, for for two years of that many, it was it was a lot. <laughs> Not going back to 20 a year, I imagine. Oh, no. Oh, no. <clears throat> no, 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 no. That was like lot, lots of fun, but, you know, 
everything else stopped. <laughs> yeah, I imagine you were on call that entire time. Yeah, and I but I learned a lot, you know, and I, I did all my own editing then, so I don't think I would ever do that again because I end up putting myself to sleep when I edit. I don't know if that's common. <laughs> you have such a sweet voice. Yeah. I can see why. <laughs> I, yeah, I'll sit at my desk and I'm like nodding off. I'm like, God, I hope I don't do this to people listening oh, to the book. Oh, this guy sucks. Why is he <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, but. I've definitely so been you should there, yeah. break into ASMR. That's where your career is evolving now. <laughs> ah, that could be it. So, yeah. But, you know, I also learned to, to kind of get that, um, I don't know, stiff upper lip from audiobooks because the, the reviews, you know, people will say anything when they're anonymous. Mm-hmm. And and I started reading them all in the beginning, and I'm like, I would get one from, you know, Jeff's awesome, I love his voice, to Jeff should never speak again, you know, like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah people only really those. have the energy to write a review if they're passionately positive or negative about something. Yeah, and these were all, yeah, the anonymous again, so they'll they'll say whatever they want. But it's very, you know, audiobooks are very, I don't know, each each person's different in what they like and what they like to listen to, so you can't really take it personal mm-hmm. we've had some so. funny stories of, of reviews over the years i remember jeff caper who or jeffrey caper i think he actually yeah, jeff, yeah. who's award-winning narrator and thousands of books he, he said that one time someone's review the only thing it said was needs better narrator <laughs> yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. i had constructive one advice yeah and i had one where the, the entire review was paul stefano ruined the book for me <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> See, exactly. You know, it's so subjective and they think they know what they want, but when you can't respond to them and they don't have, have any idea, like one of the ones I had the hardest time with, I discovered after finishing the book that there were two prequels and both done by different voice talents. That'll kill and you. I, I did in that situation mm-hmm. too. So of course that's what all the reviews were. Well, like, Oh, we like so-and-so better than that character. Or why would they switch voices of the same character? But um, so now, I mean, I learned that if I do a book now, I ask millions of questions and that's one of them. (laughs) Absolutely. So we mentioned it a little bit in your bio, but you've been doing the the children's holiday magic CD for quite a while. Tell us how that got started. Yeah, um, I started that in 2001. I was in a a kind of a growth and development class called, um, God, I can't remember the name of it now. Uh, Anyway, it was a class where I was um, tasked with a project and had two facets. One was to take on a life of its own, and one was to enhance the community. So I decided um, I was on the radio then. I had a lot of talented singers, friends that weren't able to get on the radio because they you know, couldn't get signed by a label. So I thought, well, maybe this is a chance to get them on a CD at least and get it, their music out there and spread around. And then the other is, of course, the hospitals. And I have a soft spot for kids, and kids should really never have to spend their holiday in a hospital. So I wanted to do something for them. And so came up with the idea of creating this CD with Jeffrey, the surfer, reindeer, and Santa. And the first year, it was just the two characters, and they went to the North Pole, and they got all the gifts and you know, spread them around, that sort of thing. And then each year, we gained different characters. The second year, I realized there was a lot of Spanish kids in the hospital, so we added Carlito, who is a, you know, a really bad accent kind of reindeer just for fun. <laughs> but it, it was it's a caricature for sure. And then next year we added Kate, the reindeer. And then we got some um, uh, Master Elphalian, who's played by Mark Grau. Everybody knows Mark. Mm-hmm. He does an amazing job with that voice. Got Santa and Mrs. Claus. And every year we have a guest character. We also have Trixie, who's the Jersey character. And she's hilarious. Mm-hmm. And then every year we have a guest character that comes on and we do this radio show. So the show is divided into like segments with music in between each segment and i create a cd of 60 to 70 minutes 
which is now a download because the kids told us, you know, like, what's a CD? <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we can save on shipping costs by using a download link, but we do still give them, you know, I wanted to give them something tangible. So I, I made a 12 page coloring and activity book that has all of our characters in it. So we send those to the hospitals or whenever we can, we go there personally and hand them out. And then that has the download link right on it so they can listen to the songs and stories from that. So that started out then and each year it's kind of evolved and I've added a, a listening party where we all get together and listen to all of the submissions and you know decide which ones are appropriate for that year's CD. We have a couple of fundraisers each year. We have the, the Seven Bridges Hike for Holiday Magic, which is around the Balboa Park in San Diego. There's seven cool bridges. So we do a nice family, bring your park, dog. Actually. Have you? Played golf oh, cool. there at Balboa Municipal Golf Course. Oh, very cool. Well, you'll have to come down for the next hike. Maybe I will. In the spring, <laughs> yeah. Hey. And then in the, in the spring, to, or I mean, it's in the wintertime, we do a fundraiser that's the CD release party. And it was meant to be just that, to really just thank all the, the talent that donated their songs and stories. And then the first year, I had the lucky opportunity away from this in my voiceover career, I emceed a show. And Nichelle Nichols from Star Trek was the guest celebrity that Lieutenant night. Lieutenant Uhura. Yeah, Lieutenant Uhura. And I got to meet her, and she was great. And actually, we went to brunch the next day, and I told her about Holiday Magic. And she said, whatever I can do, you let me know. So I felt pretty bold, and I went ahead and asked her if she would you know, come to our first CD release event. She said, of course, I'd ha be happy to. And it was very, you know, no green room, no special celebrity treatment. She just had a seat in the front row. And... We did uh, some songs and stories. We had food and drinks. And then she looked at me. And she said, would you like me to sing? And I was like, oh, my God. I didn't know you sang. She goes, well, of course. She goes, I was a lounge singer. as a jazz singer back in Chicago before you know, Star Trek ever started. And she got up and she sang a cappella, which was amazing. And her sister was there with her. And they also sat down and they did a like a kid's story of Elmo, Elmo's first Christmas. And that was so great. So she started the whole thing off. And then. Each year after that, it became kind of a thing, and it's gotten bigger and bigger, and and now it's more of like a you know three course dinner, silent auction, the whole bit. But uh, it's still a whole lot of fun. Man, that's incredible! My fiance is such a huge fan of Michelle. She's going to be jealous when I tell her about this. <laughs> oh, so cool. cool! She was. I mean, I have so many great stories about Michelle. She came down for Comic Con one year, and she called me. She said, "You know, they want me at Comic Con, but there's no place to stay in San Diego. Every hotel is taken. Can I sleep on your floor?" Like, I said, uh, no, you can't, but you can sleep in the bed. And she came down with her sister and they stayed at my house and we, you know, barbecued on the back patio and she was just amazing. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. We miss her a lot. Her sister and I are still good friends. She lives in Las Vegas and, uh, just, just an amazing person. Very, very down to earth and super grounded and really proud to be a friend of hers. Well, what an absolutely amazing project. And because of Thanks. that amazing project. Primarily, I think, but it seemed like you have other skills as well. You were nominated and won the VO Atlanta Unicorn Award last year at VO Atlanta. What was that like? Yeah, that was pretty surprising. Um, it was amazing. I knew I'd been uh, uh, nominated because I got a call from J. Michael like a month before and never spoken to him in my life. And he said, hey, I, you know, something I need to, to talk to you about. You know, you need to come to VO Atlanta. You've been you're one of the top three nominees, which was phenomenal. And then the day of the award, um, when I heard my name, it was just surreal, uh, but just a lovely experience. I had the opportunity to speak in front of a thousand people about the charity and let them know what was going on. And uh, 
the intriguing part is, you know, I'd been around voiceover for 20 years and most of these people I talked to are new, but most of them were like, wow, how come I never knew about this? <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, which is great. So it gave me that opportunity. And also, of course, with the, with the uh, Unicorn Award, it came with phenomenal list of prizes. And most of them are like this wonderful interview, um, different uh, web coachings, um, some equipment from Sweetwater, all kinds of great stuff. So it's just been a treat this year to deal with that. It helped me get on a couple of newscasts to help promote the charity as well, which has been terrific. And I can't wait to go back next year. And I'm going to ask Jay Michael if I can do just like a follow-up to let him know like how it changed my life and the charity's life. Please do. And, That'd be great. Yeah. So I was wishing the person before me was able to do that. So maybe it's kind of a new thing we can add to it. Mm -hmm. We, we probably should have mentioned that one of the reasons Jeff is here, aside from being a great voice actor, is because we were one of the prizes for the uh, Unicorn Award that yeah. the winner got to be a guest on the show. So we don't like to be very boastful and promote things like that, but we're happy to have Jeff here because of it. And you know your generosity. I mean, everybody I've talked to, all the coaches and all the, the people in the business, the generosity is phenomenal in the voiceover world. And it's just, it's. I don't think it exists in a lot of different businesses. So I'm, I'm very proud and happy to be a part of that. And I'm really grateful you guys are doing this. Well, as Paul said, we've both been longtime attendees and sponsors of VO Atlanta. We actually got to share the stage with you when you received the award. Did you really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were just like, I know like you had a lot going on, but we were literally like a foot or two behind you. Oh, my that God. <laughs> That's so surreal. Wow. I know. It's hilarious. But, so, I mean, we know how, like, we're, we're big proponents of the conference, and we talk often about the, the benefits that it's had for us. I'd love to know how it's helped you in your career. It's been an interesting ride, to be honest. It's definitely helped with the, the Holiday Magic Project as far as exposure and you know getting more people involved in that sort of thing and, and donations. Um, as far as my career, it's um, interesting. I mean, I'm kind of in that midlife space. We're coming out of the pandemic. Part of me, and I'm doing, I mean, I'm doing so much coaching and so many webinars and so many classes that I've not done before so much. And I feel like I'm almost starting over because things are different. Everybody has a new perspective. And, uh, you know, it's also fun to kind of balance all of the different coaches who all have different styles and, you know, try to pull in what works best for me. Um, but um, it's really just got me back immersed into voiceover. During the pandemic, I had the unfortunate loss of my parents and one of my brothers and my dog all during that time. So it was kind of a big uh, distraction for me from voiceover. I didn't really stay involved like I, I usually do and wanted to. So this was a great way to get back into it get really immersed and I've made some phenomenal relationships with people all around the country like you guys. That's fantastic. Yeah, we, like John said, we've, we've all benefited so much from the conference and so glad that JMC can continue, JMC and Anna yeah, yeah. to continue the, the tradition. So hopefully we'll <clears> it was cool to be the first one too. I'd never been to it before. I'd been to some of the other ones, the older ones, the via, what was it, um, Voice International mm -hmm. that started the whole thing. And I've been to some Wovocons and things like that. But Never to this one, and I had the best experience, even without the the, the unicorn, which was like the, you know the the cherry on top. But the whole conference was great. That's that's wonderful. Yeah, what a cherry! <laughs> <laughs> you know it. It's sitting right here on my desk. You know, and I get to bring it home on the airline with TSA looking at me like, "What the I heck don't know is about that?" that. Yeah. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? It a was, noble heirloom of some kind? <laughs> it, well, you know, it's got this big steel horn in the front of it, so that's what they were thinking about. I think. But mm -hmm. uh, I'm like, yeah, this could be a weapon, but no, it's not. So I think it'll be okay. It's, it's made several interne intercontinental flights in the last couple of years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, so 
No, it was phenomenal. It was great. Uh, it's it's really you know brought a lot to my year for sure, and it's only half over, and I still have more than half of the prize list to uh, tackle. <laughs> so I can't remember if there's any uh, equipment involved, but uh, tell us a little bit about your home studio, and if you received anything from the Unicorn Award, tell us how that's been integrated. Well, one of the yeah wonderful prizes was a thousand dollar gift card for Sweetwater. There you go. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So I've done a little bit of enhancing, but. Um, I did, yeah, that, and uh, let's see, I'm using a Sennheiser 416, which was, that was my own gift to myself during the pandemic, which I just thought, you know what, I need to treat myself to something, and that's what I wanted for a long time. Uh, I use Adobe Audition. I have an M3 audio interface, and I'm a Apple guy, all iMac. What about your studio? studio? Is it a booth? Is it a, a confined space, a closet? Yeah, I'm still old school, kind of. I have a booth. We have a, in the townhome we live in in San Diego, we have a walk-in closet that's downstairs in the middle of the house. So it's the quietest space. So I converted that into the booth. And um, I mostly use an iPad for all the scripts now. And it works out quite well. A few years ago, I got a $500 gift card for the, for being a Unicorn Grant nominee. It was like, ah, oh, that was Oh, fun. cool. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. I didn't know that. So yeah, I've been, um, I, apparently... I think this is the case too. I think it was Bev who mentioned to me that I was the first male to win the Unicorn Award. I heard Brad, but then Brad, I think Brad told me he was one of the top three. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was Rebecca that won that year, I believe. I'm not sure. But anyway, Rebecca was up with me, but <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's just kind of like interesting. But, but, um, no, it's probably in Sean's face. It's okay. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> it's all right. No, it's <laughs> no. Web, web, web. It's all right. We'll no, 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 no. It was, you know, but talk about, I mean, they showed me afterwards too. And I, I don't want to like toot my own horn too, but I guess there was a list of like 20 people who nominated me behind my back, which was, it really does mean a lot because I've been in this business for 30 years and the people do pay attention and people do notice what's going on. And that was really, really, really cool. It, it really touched me by far. Well, I think all the work that you've put in, the relationships you've built, and just the the humanitarianism and philanthropy you've shown, a lot of people recognized and wanted to reward that. I appreciate that. Yeah, and I feel it. I get it for sure. So, and that that was the whole goal for me with the whole project was, of course, I wanted to help the kids and bring a smile to their faces, but help these voiceover talents and singers and songwriters get their work out. Cause there's so much talent out there that's just you know not being heard, doesn't have a venue or a voice. And this is at least one way they can they can do it and feel good about themselves, too. Well, I can see you've obviously had a positive impact on the future of many of your colleagues, but where do you see the future of VO? Mm, that's the million-dollar question, right? I don't really have an answer. I, I, you know, I think VO will always be here. I hope it always stays as great as it is. I love doing it. I know it's becoming a little more difficult and a little more competitive, um, there's the things like, you know, we keep hearing about AI and stuff like that. And it's all going to have a, a factor in it. But, you know, we've always done that. We've always just kind of rolled with the punches. And uh, I think if you're, you know, in action and you treat it like a job and like a business, which we didn't in the beginning, I didn't. I thought, oh, I just show up. I just do the jobs and I get paid. Just and talking, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, your agent <laughs> does all that. Oh, my God. Was I spoiled rotten? So I think that, I think the, the people that are serious about it and really love it and, you know, hone their craft will do fine. And I think slowly we'll weed out the ones who maybe aren't so serious or I think there's a lot of people who got that message of, oh, it's easy. Or, oh, you know, you have a great voice. You should just go in and make money off voiceover. Those kind of people who think it's really simple and you don't have to do a lot. 
will probably fade away. I mean, if you think about it, the job has always been difficult to break into. There have always been barriers for entry, whether that was yeah. needing to be in a like media hub like uh, California or New York or right. needing to have an agent. So I think the restrictions and the considerations have changed. But like you said, that that determination and that like that legwork is what's going to help you no matter <clears throat> what. I agree. That's so, so well said. I think too, one of the most important parts now is relationships is, you know, we've all become in our little studios all by ourselves, but it's really about creating relationships. And that's why the conferences are so great to get relationships with each other. But then with the clients, like every time I get a client, I really want to create a relationship, you know, hopefully in person, if not at least zoom or phone. So there's, there's more than just that, you know, voice client. Yeah, that's the secret sauce. As Sean knows, my whole career is built on relationships, and I'm kind of hoping that, uh, not maliciously, but I'm hoping that that'll be my secret weapon going forward when there's all these Gen Zers that are getting into the business who refuse to call anybody because they want to text. (laughs) No, you're right. I think you're right. Secret sauce. So along those lines, what would you recommend to someone who's just getting started in voiceover and uh, to get off the best foot? Well, you know, I get a lot of that often, like we probably all do is like, you know, hey, how do I get in this business? Or, you know, somebody said I have a good voice. What do I do? And I have my few classes that I really like or or teachers and coaches. So I will usually refer them out to like a a one-on-one basic class. So get your feet wet, get into it, see that it's really a business and what you've got to do to get started and then decide if you really want to do it. And then if you want to do it and you start getting into it, you know, I do one-on-one coaching like that. So, but I want to see that they're serious about it and they're willing. And I usually let them know, like, it's a great business, but you know, it's going to take at least a year before you really get a paycheck or a decent Mm -hmm. one. So don't, don't just think, you know, Hey, I'm going to buy a microphone and tomorrow I'm going to make a $20, dollars $20,000 job like that. So I don't want to distract them from it. I don't want to say, don't do it, but I do want to say, you know, you got to really want it and you got to work for it. Yeah, I often recommend people listen to this podcast. It's one of the reasons we started it. So, you know, that's a great idea. It and I is. say listen to like 10 episodes of the podcast, especially the first 10 or 12, where we were really just sort of giving out advice every week. It's changed mm-hmm. a little bit over the years to be more of an interview show. But the first season was all just advice. And then they never get back to me ever. <laughs> I'm no kidding. Oh, my God. Uh, well, they get, they get your voice. They get out. You know, you're getting out there at least. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think podcasts are, are one of the new things for sure. I mean, I, I it took me a long time to re, kind of relate that podcast is modern radio, mm-hmm. basically, you know, and I used to do a radio show. So now I'm dabbling in the podcast world, but haven't really got into it yet. Yeah, we still pretty much put this together like a radio show because that's where I was trained. So I have yeah. like a donut that has the, the intro and the outro and I just dropped the edited interview in between and then we have the sponsor spots so yeah i put it together exactly like i would a radio show that's that's the beauty of it so yeah i've, I've done i put it i put one together but i haven't really put it out there yet so i'm playing with that idea just like that so we'll see how it goes but um well if you need any tips uh let us know i appreciate that i probably will because i miss i miss that part of radio when i did Earthbeat, and it was great on radio because i could use any music i wanted because of, they had the ascap license mm-hmm and that, but um, now it'd be more talk probably. So, but um, I'm looking at doing a show that I really want to do a show where I can interview people who are doing, you know, great things in the world, but they're like the, you know, the, the underdogs, the people that's heroes. Exactly. You know, they're doing great things, but they're not doing it for any limelight or any attention, but to kind of just get, and also mainly get some news out there, some good news, 
Yeah, John Krasinski did that for a while. He had a, a podcast where he, it was called like uh, Now Something Good, something yeah. like that during the pandemic. I'm pretty sure he stopped, but uh, maybe you can pick up the slack and pick up where he left off. Well, I'll look at that. So yeah, so I'm looking at it. I've got a, a name for it. I'm going to call it Gelder Finds the Gold, Finding the Golden Hearted People Doing Good in the World. Oh, that makes the perfect segue for what I was about to say. So that's oh, awesome. I like it. I mean, I was going to say that that project fits you to a T, and it's so appropriate that your last name is Gelder because you obviously have a heart of gold. So uh, if people want to hire that heart of gold, how can people do that? Uh, thank you so much. Um, website is jeffgelder.com. Very simple. Um, you can email me, jeff at jeffgelder.com. Both of those. Website um, has a you know, contact information there. Um, also, if you don't mind, I'll mention too, if you want to get involved in the charity, the Children's Holiday Magic Project, or make a donation, I would so be, be so grateful. The website there is holidaymagiccd.com, or you can email me, jeff at holidaymagiccd.com. Fantastic, Jeff. Thanks so much for being here. Congratulations again on your VO Atlanta Unicorn Award win, and we'll hope to see you at the next one. Hey, what a pleasure it's been to talk to both of you guys, and uh, thank you again for this generous opportunity. The pleasure's all ours, Jeff. Thank you so much. You bet. Take care. Hey, Paul, did you know Voice123, the largest online marketplace for voice actors, just celebrated its 20th year anniversary? Whoa, really? That's amazing. Doesn't really surprise me, though. I've used Voice123 since the beginning of my career. I remember way back in my first year where I booked a job as a hypnotist. I actually got to say, you are getting very sleepy on a radio ad. The whole thing was super easy. They even paid me right away for the audition and said that was all they needed. I've been a member of Voice123 for years as well. I've always enjoyed their upfront policies, ability to contact clients directly, and their commitment to the voiceover industry. Totally. CEO Rolf Veldman has appeared on the show before, and in every interaction I've had with him and the company, I've felt a sense of trust, like they really care. Well, if you want a great place to find your VO niche and find yourself as a voice actor, visit voice123.com for more information. Now, VO Meter listeners can also get 15% off premium tier memberships. For more information, visit our website and click on the Click Here to Save 15% banner on our sponsors page. Voice123, speak for yourself. In these modern times, every business needs a website. When you need a website for your voice acting business, there's only one place to go. Like the name says, voiceactorwebsites.com. Their experience in this niche webmaster market gives them the ability to quickly and easily get you from concept to live online in a much shorter time. When you contact voiceactorwebsites.com, their team of experts and designers really get to know you and what your needs are. They work with you to highlight what you do. Then they create an easily navigable website for your potential clients to get the big picture of who you are and how your voice is the one for them. Plus, voiceactorwebsites.com has other great resources like their practice script library and other resources to help your voiceover career flourish. Don't try it yourself. Go with the pros. VoiceActorWebsites.com, where your VO website shouldn't be a pain in the you-know-what. Well, thank you to Jeff for being on the show. I actually didn't get a chance to meet him in Atlanta, and now I'm sorry about that because he um, seems like a great dude. And we've actually talked since we recorded that interview. Uh, so, Jeff, thanks for being on the show. Really enjoyed your story about the, the holiday project and wish you the best this year. 
Yeah, I agree. Like I joked in the podcast, we only got to see him on stage, but I'm really, it was just a pleasure to get to meet you and just, I'm just blown away by your talent and your generosity. So that wraps up this episode of the VO Meter. Measuring your voice over progress. We have a treat for you guys next week, or we'll be recording it next week. Who knows when we'll actually put it together. But I had this cockamamie idea to put together this blind mic shootout. And the idea is what price mic is good enough and can the so-called experts tell the difference? So we're going to have this fabulous panel of engineers. And um, I'll throw out some of the names. I don't actually know who said yes yet, but we invited... Uh, Jordan Reynolds, Dan Leonard, George Widom, Tim Friedlander, Sam Euphret, Jamie Muffet, and that might be, oh, Cliff Zellman. And they're going to, uh, Uncle Roy Okelson. Sorry, there's there's so many. So they're going to listen to these blind, <laughs> and we, we um, solicited a bunch of blind samples from friends of the show, about six or seven of them. And back-to-back, they recorded on what we would consider a entry-level or cheap mic, and then on a really good mic. So we found people that had the likes of a U87 and an SM58, or a 416 and the 875R, for instance, or an AT4040 and a TLM103. And they were kind enough to send us these samples, and we're going to play them blind for all these so-called experts and first see if they can tell the difference, and then second, if they think one or both are good enough for real VO work. So this should be really interesting, and we'll have that out probably after the first of the year. Really looking forward to that. It's been a while since we've had a nice gear round table, hasn't it? Yeah, and I think not having to spend any money to do it was key. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That way we can save money for all of our Christmas shopping. <laughs> right. It is the season to give, not buy for the sale. So assuming we don't get that out before the new year, uh, happy holidays to you and yours. Hope you have a great holiday season, however you choose to celebrate, and we will talk to you in the new year. You'll hear us in the next one. Happy holidays. Thanks for listening to this episode of the VO Meter. To follow along, visit us at www.vometer.com. We'd also love to hear your comments or suggestions for the show. Or if you have a questionable gear purchase, tell us all about it on our Facebook page or on Twitter at the VO Meter.